Welcome to Energy Perspectives, a weekly podcast produced in Guyana, the world's fastest growing economy. Oil and gas discoveries are driving Guyana's economic growth, but Guyana is also a thought leader on low carbon development and is the first country to be issued carbon credits specifically designed for the voluntary and compliance carbon markets for successfully preventing forest loss and degradation. Given Guyana's leadership on energy issues, there is no better place from which to share energy perspectives from policymakers, academics, industry leaders, and advocates alike. Here's our moderator, Alex Graham, with this week's guest. Our guest today on Energy Perspectives is Dr. Peter Ramsarup, who is the head of Guyana Invest, the investment agency operating here in the Cooperative Republic of Guyana. Welcome, Dr. Ramsarup. Thank you very much. The place I want to start our conversation is giving you an opportunity just to tell us a little bit of what Guyana Invest is, uh, Energy Perspectives, is reaching a global audience, and we thought that we could give you this opportunity, first up, to tell a little bit about Gan Invest. Yeah, the Gan Office for Investment is a government agency under the office of the president that is designed to both promote investments in Guyana and to facilitate investments, working with both local and foreign investors of what are the sectors we're looking for to develop in our nation, what incentives we are willing to give, and how could we help make the ease of doing business better for an investor to come in? Ultimately, an investor wants a, a good return on their investments and coming into a foreign environment, you know, we believe we have to do some hand-holding and we have to incentivize. And you know, both the local um, investors and foreign investors are treated equally. Awesome. Oil and gas has been driving investments and growth over the last seven years. Is that distorting the investment landscape in any way? Is it um, getting in the way of investments in other energy sources, other energy technologies? No, I think what Guyana's always had a very stable growth over the decades. You know, we went from 300 GDP in 1992 to you know 10 to 19,000 somewhere in, in 2022. So our non-oil sectors have grown significantly over the decades. The oil industry and the energy industry has energized not just that sector, but these other sectors also. So as energy providers and, and suppliers and other uh, areas supporting the energy comes into Guyana, we find that they look to diversify, which is something unique. I mean, SBM Offshore, for example, is a major provider, T1 supporter of, of the oil industry, and they went into large-scale agriculture because they saw the uniqueness of what other sectors in Guyana is needed to be developed and spent some time looking at that. And I think the growth will continue to help transform Guyana. And with our president's vision to ensure the non-oil sector, which actually grew at over 10% in 2022, which I think is the fifth largest in the world, tells you that, that although energy has energized, for lack of a better term, our economy, we are ensuring that the non-oil economy is growing at a rapid pace. The Dutch disease, which everyone likes to throw out there, is not going to be applied to us, and we will ensure that. And then the other thing that I think is so unique about our country in the whole new renewable energy is the carbon credits for our forests. The fact that we have 
the only country is certified. We're the only country to put it on the on the market. It it tells you coming into Ghana, we are focused on an integrated approach to ensuring that we are sustain sustainable. We're environmental friendly. We're going to defend our environment, and we'll continue to make sure all our people get a chance to prosper in this new wealth. Well, let's pivot to that a little bit because you you went to the carbon credits and the common argument is that you can't be environmentally conscious and rapidly developing fossil fuels at the same time. In Guyana, we keep arguing that there is another approach. So talk a little bit about how you're able to drive investments in in a world where everyone's so concerned about the environmental issues related to investments, how are you managing to do that? Because we are probably satisfied with the argument ourselves. How is it that you're able to make that case? Well, if you look at the developed world, if you had to do it all over again, I think Guyana is the model. If you had to do it 100 plus years ago, Guyana now becomes a model. You need fossil fuel. Fossil fuel wouldn't go away in the near future. We're all moving to renewable energy and better energy sources. All of us support that. But the fact that we have not touched our forests, the fact that we are providing carbon credits or carbon to the world by not cutting down our forests, 0.05% of what we can cut, I think that's unique. So we need the fossil fuels still to be developed because our economy needs it. But when I say defending our environment, we are ensuring we do it in a sustainable manner. But are people buying that argument? When you sit down to talk with yeah. investors, are they buying the argument that we could do both? Well, I mean, they have no choice. If you're going to go tell the developer, world, um, stop using fossil fuel, find your carbon, they, ha they have no way of doing it. Right? So the argument will sustain. And I think as folks understand it, Guyana is a unique model. We're, we're a smaller economy. We're transforming at a rapid rate. But the fact that we're doing it in a, in a sustainable environment is unique. And companies coming into Guyana that may have emissions and they are going to look of ways of offsetting it. I mean, and that's why Hess Corporation is bought um, or carbon because they need to contribute back to um, the whole sustainable carbon environment that, you know, the 2050 goals that's supposed to happen. Guyana will continue to be a leader in that um, aspect. And, you know, you have to give credit to our president and vice president that really looks at how we uniquely position Guyana. The world had a chance to do it. I mean, the development in Dubai and Qatar and other, other parts of the de uh, developed world did it their way. Now, yes, everybody's going to be focused on Guyana, but, but when they look at us, they cannot say we are exploiting the oil and gas without taking care of our environment. We're not focusing on just oil and gas without taking care of our other sectors. And the fact that the president's measurement of success in anything he's doing is to creating prosperity and wealth for every citizen. And that measurement tied to all of the indicators that get there, I think is a unique approach. And I think the world should watch us over the next five, 10 years and see how we deliver on those commitments. Speaking at the energy conference in Trinidad this week, the president talked about some of this, about the fact that fossil fuels are not going anywhere in a hurry. And we have to keep exploiting that for development while focusing 
um, and efforts on alternative energy sources. At the end of the day, Guyana is still a small player. We might be the fastest growing economy in the world right now. Everyone might be talking about the great prospects because of how much oil we can bring to the surface. But we are still a small country. In the global space, we are still an insignificant player. How bold was he to actually make those comments yesterday, well, this week? I don't think we're an insignificant player. We're the 17th largest reserves in the world. Well, right. by, I mean, so by, by yeah. reserve, by all reserves, we're no, yes. not insignificant. But as yeah. a country, yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the geopolitics of the planet, we're, we're, we're insignificant. Yes, but we are positioning ourselves to be a global leader in food security, right, for the region. We know CARICOM in, in, imports up, upwards of $10 billion U.S. dollars worth of food. Guyana is positioned to lead the food security. The Arab world, the reason they look at us very closely is to, again, for food security. We have the forest also, which is, uh, again, um, 19 gigatons of, of carbon. Those are, those are not small, insignificant contributions to the world economy. So as we position ourselves over the next decade, I believe that we will be a global leader, global regional leader, and gl a global contributor to what the world would need. We have the next oil, which is fresh water, more fresh water per capita than anywhere else in the world. When you look at those ingredients, I strongly believe the president is correct, that Guyana will play a leading global um, in positioning in, in, in the global economy. For persons who might be listening to you today, talk about the, the real potential for Guyana now and over the next decade. If, if this were your own platform, what are the immediate investment opportunities in, in energy and related sectors that you might want to present at this point? Well, if you look at, you know, we're working on bringing energy costs down in Guyana internally by 50% by 2025. We had a, a, a large delegation from South Korea that came into our nation uh, a couple months ago. And there is a large supply chain of solar panels that they supply to the Caribbean, North America, South America, Latin America. And they looked and go, wait a minute, we've got the best silica sand in the region, in the world, uh, you know, some people say. Why not make the solar panels in Guyana and make Guyana the distribution center? for Latin America and the Caribbean. So they're now exploiting um, that model, or exploring that model. There's another manufacturer of cars that look, wait a minute, if we're carbon neutral, we're, you know, we're gonna have uh, the access to cheaper energy, why not assemble uh, a, a, a large section of cars in Guyana? They have to ship it out of the Asian countries to get to the region, you know, and, and most of the region use um, Asian cars, Toyotas and Kias and those models, why not set up assembly plant in Guyana? People will say we may not have the population to do that. We have the waters, we have the access to markets, we have our treaties with CARICOM and South America and other areas. We may need to import people like, you know, UAE had to do to expand their economy. So these are not far-fetched investments, right? But we are looking much more at agriculture, using energy for agro-processing, you know, light manufacturing. We're looking at areas in the long term. We, are, we have put out an EOI on an oil refinery for 30,000 barrels. That's more for domestic use. So we want to be energy sufficient. 
and as we more we move to being energy efficient, I think the opportunities in areas that help supports the whole energy. I think the conference will bring that out in 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 next month in February, as it did last year. That. Guyana is positioning itself to be the leader in this environment. So using renewable energy, using other forms of energy to expand these other sectors that I believe the investors are coming in to look at, positions ourselves now to be able to be forward-thinking and to transform at a more rapid pace. I mean, uh, our Minister of uh, Public Works in Parliament said yesterday, we have pressed the accelerator all the way down. And that's what investors got to note, that we're moving at such a pace. There's a Jamaican uh, minister in country with a 70 de- de- Jamaican delegation, and he told him yesterday, the access you have today, you wouldn't be able to get tomorrow. Because Guyana, at the fast pace we're moving, if you haven't thought about building that glass factory or that agro-processing facility now, two years from now, you can't do it. I mean, I look at, I use an example of where property prices have gone up. And, you know, it's significantly moving at a rapid pace. So I recommend, you know, those coming to, especially coming to the conference in February, to make sure they've done their research and their, you know, the mini feasibility. Come in with the right questions. Look at, are you looking for local partners? Have you studied not Guyana alone? If you study Guyana at 800,000 people, you'll get stuck. The fact that 32 million visitors come into the Caribbean every year. You're feeding 32 million people if we can solve that $10 billion bill that CARICOM has. If you're supplying the region with multiple other areas. So when you look at Guyana, do not look at 800,000. Do not look at our budget size. Look at the access to market. We're near shore to the United States for technology. We are near shore for distribution. We are next to northern Brazil, which is the largest uh, agriculture. They are landlocked. Look at what could happen when you come into Guyana. Focus on that broad region and use Guyana as the hub. I hear you on, on the idea that an investment in Guyana is really an investment in a critical point that could provide products and services to a, a broader region. And mm-hmm. that's a significant argument. But you still have to drive some of these things with people. The Ghana population housing census is in progress right now. Um, Speculation is rife, as is usual, every 10 years where those numbers will fall. But to serve the 32 million people, we still have to have people in country, on ground, working in these factories, working in these industries. What do you see as the short-term steps to fill what might be a potential labor gap. Yeah. Well, the 32 million was just the visitors that visit CARICOM. We have access in our markets to 400 million plus based on all our treaties. But right. but, but you, ha- you, have, you, have the, you have the 32 million visitors, yeah. but, but we also have a region, if we count the biggest countries in the region, yeah. we have a, a significant region as well, I mean, yes. over 20 million, 30 million people. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I, those numbers make sense. The numbers I'm concerned about, to get your perspective on, is how are we filling the labor gap in the short term? Yeah, and, and the, our, our immigration policy will have to be expanded, no doubt. You know, Dubai, uh, UAE is at six, seven hundred thousand people. I think they started. They are in millions today. 
they're still developing UAE to a different level. There's no difference in Guyana. We've got a large diaspora. We have probably two times the size of our population that we're trying to recruit back to Guyana. We've got the CARICOM that have, you know, recession in many, many of their countries that will see a downslide post-COVID, that we may see a CARICOM infusion of, of people. And then, you know, if you are bringing people from outside of the region, from the Commonwealth, you know, if you are building a factory and you need to bring, and we don't have the workers, which first right comes to Guyanese, then we would open immigration for you to bring that. So the development, and ultimately, you know, I want to go back to the president's measurement of success. Ultimately, we're ensuring the local, con local content is adhered to. We're ensuring that our population is first, have access to these uh, opportunities or partnering, and the creation of wealth for every Guyanese. You know, as one Guyana platform is there to promote that every one of us in our nation have access as our wealth. So even though we talk up investments, we talk up big projects, small projects, we are still very focused on our population. But your point taken that we're going to open up our immigration policy to ensure that we're able to deliver to the region what we are committing to. Great. Let's talk a little bit about the conference now. You mentioned it. Um, this year, the conference, February 14 to 17, is focusing on harnessing energy for development. How has the conference contributed to investment generation and interest in the last year? This conference was inaugurated in February 2022. And we were confident about the demand, and so it's coming back in 2023. Do you have any measure, any line of sight on how the conference has contributed? Yeah, I think it. I think you know, if you, if I look at my numbers, I would say close to maybe 20 to 30 percent of the investors that came back in other areas. I mean, some was in the energy sector, but we captured a lot that didn't know. They keep saying, I didn't know. I didn't know Guyana. I didn't had this. I didn't know this was available. So they went back and got their colleagues and came in. A lot went into agriculture. Uh, many have gone into the, the supporting of the oil industry. There have been some big deals signed on fabrication and welding with some of our local companies. And that is, you know, multi-million dollar uh, deals have been signed post-23, uh, 22, that folks then went to the OTC conference in, in Texas and solidify those agreements. But the exposure that the conference has done for Guyana, I believe, has been significant. And this is our probably only type of investment con conference during the year. We have expos and we have other areas. So the reason why government and our office especially is interested, because this is the way we get to capture, you know, 800 uh, participants of what else is available in Guyana. And, and, and I applaud the organizers for being a contributor to Guyana's economy because this is like their own company. They're, they're bringing these investors and ultimately they want a return on investment and, and the investors are seeing that. Right, well, thank you very much, Dr. Peter Ramsarup. I know you have a, a busy schedule. Um, and we look forward to talking with you much more in the future and seeing how you contribute to the overall investment and development in Guyana and how Guyana changes everyone works to do that. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this week's Energy Perspectives. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Register today for the International Energy Conference and Expo Guyana 2023. Once again, we're assembling policymakers, academics, industry professionals, and entrepreneurs to engage in critical conversations about the energy future, focused on the theme Harnessing Energy for Development. Additionally, there will be lots of opportunities for networking and for companies to exhibit. Download the Guyana Energy app from Google Play or the App Store and register today. We look forward to seeing you in Georgetown, Guyana from February 14. Bye.